Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries. On this episode, we've got Kevin Watson. How Kevin? How's it going, mate? Going great, man. Good. Uh, happy to be here. On the other side, Glenn, six-figure homes. How's, How's it going? going? Good. Good yeah, so back. on this episode, we talk about the seven things, the seven hardest things that we found in running a business. And we go through the list and we give some examples and we, and we talk about how to get over these hard things, even though we still learn on, on a lot of them. Uh, so if you're looking to own a business or you've got your own business, this is a great podcast for you, especially if you're in the fitness industry. As well, we talk about getting cold showers, talking about... Um, shrinkage. Shrinkage, yeah. How, how when you get a cold shower, you're... It's funny. Serious problem. Yeah, when you get a cold shower, your penis looks like Kevin's little finger. Yeah. Yeah, so we talk little, about you that. Know, he's hacking that. His <laughs> little big finger. He's second thumb. <laughs> Then we, we also talk about our trip to Orlando, Glenn's amazing experience when we yeah. first got there. Yeah. Uh, I get a, weirdly a bit emotional when I'm talking about being in Disney World. <laughs> uh, <laughs> something they put in the water, I think. Yeah, something they put in this cup of coffee. And then also talk about 20, me and 23, or 23 and 23 me. 23 and me. The great testing thing that we, that we did uh, to or find not out so great. our backgrounds, to find out that I... I'm black. I'm black. That's what I told us. So, yeah, uh, thank you for listening. And this is the Boxing Life Podcast. First off, I apologize for we not doing podcast last week. We have been in Orlando doing a Boxing Burn Academy, uh, which was great, went really well, successful trip. And then after that, I took a little vacation, took the family down to Miami and uh, had fun. But how's it going, boys? Good. Good to be back. We haven't been here for a couple of weeks and i've got my new mitt oh yeah if you're watching one. if you're watching this on youtube one, yeah. glenn he, he's lost his nickname six figure homes now lost we can't you can only afford one mitt at a time so if you watch yeah. this youtube <laughs> you see his one mitt yeah i'm waiting for the other one to come <laughs> what's happening kev everything good everything's great everything's great enjoyed austin i mean not austin uh, orlando uh yeah foreshadowing for austin this week or next weekend i guess yeah yeah so orlando was great though it was, it was really exciting it's good to, always good to go to a new city and um you know, see that uh, we can be successful anywhere we go. Yeah, so we went there and we done the Box and Burn Academy. We sold out the course. We had 34 people from Orlando or from around America. People were flying in to, to go to it because they wanted to get Box and Burn certified where we teach people how to teach boxing. I know I keep talking about this, but in case you're a new listener, that's, that's what we do as well as having these two fantastic Box and Burn gyms, one in Santa Monica, one in Brentwood. Yeah, so it was great to be able to sell out our education course across the country where, I mean, we knew one guy, uh, Yazid, who reached out of us on Instagram and said, can you come over here and do a certification course? I said, well, we don't know anyone there. He says, well, I'll be able to get some people signed up. So we got eight people signed up. But I think through the power of social media, marketing, and just our whole name in general, we built it up and got 34 people there and sold out. Speaking of Yazid, he posted on Instagram. I just saw that, yeah. About an hour ago. And I'll just read it because what he's put is, is unbelievable, really. It says, if you're thinking of taking your skill set to another level, do your research. Choosing to get certified and gain knowledge from the Box and Burn Academy was a great decision. It has impacted my career and my clients already. For those that keep asking, yes, the course is worth it. Invest in yourself and your clients. Much respect. And thanks again to the B&B family. Oh, nice. I love that. You just post on Instagram. Yeah, that's on his Instagram. Oh, yeah. I'll repost that. Uh, his Instagram is AM83 if anyone wants to check it out. Yeah, I'll repost that. That's great. And yeah, I think one of, one of the best things is meeting all these people and as well, 
we know for a fact all of these people are passionate yeah. because they're investing in themselves. Mm -hmm. You're not going to pay money. It's like, was it like $400, $300 to, to come and do this course and travel? If you don't if give you, a shit, right? Yeah, yeah, so we work on with these very passionate fitness people. And of course, we're in this industry as well. I mean, it's good, right? That's great. I think it's exciting for me. And, and um, I think, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess refreshing to see all these, meet all these people and get to know them. But you know, it's, it's important for them to invest and to get better, obviously. But it just shows me, I think, that the fitness industry uh, industry is going in, in the right direction. It's in good hands because there's so many good, genuine people that really care about, you know, evolving and becoming better and, and providing the best um, uh, product possible for their, for their clients. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll tell you what, if we, were, if we went to Orlando before we decided to do a trip there, I would have said, nah, we're not, we're not doing a trip in Orlando. No one in Orlando is fit or into fitness because every restaurant was shite. It was Terrible. all fast food. And you know, Kev, like people who come to, from England who come to America, mm -hmm. that's where they go, right? Yeah. I'd see it nine times, nine, nine times out of ten. They go to Florida, go yeah, to Disney yeah. World and, or, or wherever in Florida. And that's what they see. Yeah. The, the people there, the food there, the, you know, the way of life there. Mm -hmm. uh, One thing I forgot was when we were there, I was expecting... Like this really like beautiful touristy type city, and it's just like you feel, ah, oh, shit, we are actually in the south here. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you go into Disney World, it's it is right. very much that, but outside yeah. of it, no. Yeah, we went to yeah. City Walk the second. You did? Day. Yeah, did you like it? Did you think it was pretty yeah, cool? Yeah, it was decent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but apart from that, there was nothing, nothing there really. Yeah. No, and, then, and before we went, a few people that I spoke to in the gym said it, it would it'd be exactly that. Apart from City Walk, there's nothing mm -hmm. there. Yeah. So after we just say everything great about the. Trip to Orlando, we just shit all you over shit Orlando. All over. <laughs> Sorry, Orlando. And I tell you what, I'll never go back again in my <laughs> life. It is the thing, even if I'm going to a shit hole, I, I love it. I just oh. love, I love traveling. I don't care yeah. if it's like a crap city or a great city. Yeah. Like just the whole experience of, of it was great. great. And then after you guys went home, I went to Disney Disney World with the kids, yeah. my wife and Elisa, our friend. And you know, I was like, oh, theme parks. I'm not into them and all that. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, like we'd been there since I think it was ten in the morning. And at 8 or 9 p.m., they do where the big castle is. We've all seen, that since we've been kids, the Praise. big castle, where yeah. they put the fireworks and all that. And I was like, no, I, I, I just want to get away. I didn't want to go. And when I went, it was absolutely amazing. And it was emotional. Mm. It was emotional. I'm feeling emotional now thinking, talking about it. When they were playing all this music and then the fireworks were going off and the, the building was... Have you seen it, Kev? Yeah, there? yeah. I was young, very young. Yeah, seen The it. building was changing. I'm there with me two kids who's... They're so happy, yeah. Faces, yeah, the smiles went from one side of the face to the other side of the face. Class. And I'm there, and the fireworks going off. And I'm thinking, when I was their age, uh, when I was their age, my, me and my sister, when my sister was three and I was just born, my mom was 21 years old. Yeah. We lived in a welfare council apartment. Yeah. My dad was in jail, right? So no way could... I imagine that my life would have turned out the way it did. And no way could I have ever imagined that I would have been there with my kids, doing all right, being successful, you know, and, and it just, made, just made it proud. I'm fucking going to cry. Yeah. Just made it really proud. Yeah. And with this music and then the fireworks and the magical and all that, it was just like, fuck, yeah. I'm, yeah. I've made it. I'm, I'm sound. That's good. That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, we've just shit on, we've just shit on Orlando. But, but then, then it, was, it was one of the most emotional, weirdest, 
greatest fucking moments of my life, I'd say, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's for, for one thing. Yeah. <sighs> All right, so that's, that's the serious part of the way. <laughs> uh, so now you've got that out of the way, can we talk about what really happened? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, uh, the, No, the Academy was a success, and then I loved that you've just told that as well. Obviously, it's like, on a personal level, it was really successful as well. But, uh, yeah, so just to fill people in on what goes on behind the scenes and how shit really goes down, we've, I flew a red eye, right? So I'd get to Orlando at 6 o'clock, and you got to Orlando at the same time, oh, I right? I flew the red eye with my kids and my wife. It was a fucking yeah. nightmare. Yeah, we got there at the same time on different, <laughs> oh, different flights. Yeah. So 6 a.m., I'm in Orlando Airport, and then I text, I text you, you had about two hours sleep. I'm, where are you? Oh, I'm at baggage carousel 20. I'm like, oh, shit, that's on the other side of the airport. There's two different terminals. Mm -hmm. He goes, come over to this side. So I trek all the way to the other you side asked? of the airport. Yeah. <laughs> then, like, you know, 20, 30 minutes later, with my bikes, with the, the bag full of gloves and mitts and all this shit, oh, for fuck's sake. So then I get to the, finally get to the baggage carousel and see you there. You're there with kids and family and Kerry from the gyms there as well. All right, let's get the rental car. I'm like, I can't wait to get this rental car and get to the, get to the hotel. I'm like, oh, I can't get the rental car. I'm like, why not? I haven't got ID. I'm like, what the, what the fuck have you not got? How, how did you not get with ID? I'm like, all right. And um, Sarah doesn't have a driving license either. And Kerry doesn't have a driving license. I'm like, what the fuck? Right, so, okay. I'll use my driving license for the rental car. Then once we figured out that we can basically get a rental car, it's like, all right, well, the card has to be the same as the driving license. Oh, can you pay for the rental car? <laughs> All right, go on then. So then, I fucking argue. I pay for the rental car. Right, the only person that can drive this rental car is the person that's paid for the rental car. <laughs> Fuck's sake. So now I've got to drive everybody to the hotel. So we're in this massive minivan, throwing in, like, prams, strollers, you know, baby <laughs> shit. Screaming kids. All this. I'm like, what's going on here? I came out here to work, and then the next thing, I feel like a nanny. I'm like putting all this stuff away and like driving everyone around. So we finally get in the car and it's it's 120 degrees at 7 a.m. or whatever. It's you know heat. Crazy. Yeah, just blasting the AC, driving through like sketchy areas. There's like rallies, hamburgers and stuff like that. And uh, just because there's a rallies, it's sketchy. <laughs> no, nah, you know what I'm saying. It's rallies, fries are the best. So so I, uh, we're driving to the hotel, and then out of nowhere, uh, you go, oh, Jade needs a week, and you pull over. For fuck's sake! So then, I put, um, so then I'm stopped at the side while he's, Tony's kids have have a piss. All right. So then we finally get moving again. It's like, oh, there's a McDonald's. Can you stop and get the kids some milk? <laughs> I'm like, I just felt like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> just, yeah, I just I felt like an absolute joy. So then the next thing, right, we go through McDonald's drive-through, and I got, can I get two bottles of milk? And we order coffees and hash browns, and we get all this food and all that. And then she goes. Right, your total's gonna be 23, whatever it is. I'm like, all right, sound. I'm like, turn around to Tony, I'm like, 20. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, it's 23 something. And I didn't order anything for myself. I didn't order anything. I just got coffees and milk for the kids and fries and ash browns and all this. I'm like, it's 23 something. Turns out, sir, have you got any cash on you? No. I'm like, I know where this is going. <laughs> oh shit, I've got no cash on me. Pulls out $3 in crumpled up dollar bills and just gives them to me. He goes, yeah, I'm like, What's that? <laughs> it's twenty three dollars. I had to pay. For, I was like, no, pay for the McDonald's. Give everybody all their food, and then yeah. we finally got to the hotel. So I paid for the rental car. I paid for your McDonald's. Babysat your kids for a couple of hours, and then we finally got to the hotel. <laughs> Do you know what? Though, I've got that much confidence in you. I knew I'd give Glenn this three dollars. He'll figure it out. <laughs> He's a smart man. He'll you know, figure it out. The more, the moral of the story, Glenn. <laughs> 
travel with me next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, don't, don't worry, this has happened a million times. Every time I travel with you and you're responsible for booking everything, lo- missed flights back from Vegas, missed flights back from Vegas over and over again. I'm like, right, I'm never letting him book anything ever again. <laughs> and then I did this time and look what happened. That was the worst when we, when we come back from Vegas. It wasn't a missed flight, it was a delayed flight with Virgin. We were delayed for 10 hours. 10 hours. Well, we were delayed there when we were there yeah, for that was uh, the, the worst. trip. Remember? Was that, you're talking about a different one, though, right? Rashid was there. No, no, no. This was, I think it was the Rashad no, trip. Was a different, one. different trip. We were delayed there. Because yeah. they, they'll keep letting us on the airplane and t- bring us off, and we'll let us on. And Bob Sackett, the, is he the comedian? Oh, yeah. He, he was on the airplane. Unbelievable. And uh, Shadu was with us. <laughs> was shouting, hey, it's Bob Sackett, hey, it's Bob Sackett, fuck Bob Sackett. And he was giving them all sorts of he abuse. Was wasted. Yeah, he was just pitch, he was just pissing everybody off on the plane. Everyone's like, who's this guy? And I'm like, oh, so not so don't know this guy. He, he got kicked off. They kicked him off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was heckling Bob Sackett so for he like an hour while we were stuck on the room. So he had, uh, he had to stay in Vegas for another night, which yeah. I'm sure he didn't mind. But anyway, let's, but, get, let's get on to some productive, productive stuff. Uh, go on. So I've done the podcast... Uh, on Wim Hof, when I went to don't, don't seen Wim Hof, the breathing guy. I don't know how much I told you about that, Kev, because you went on that one. And I've been doing these breathing exercises in the house where, have you heard much about it? About yeah, I was doing? on that podcast when you talked about it, I think. Oh, you were? Afterwards, yeah. I remember you were talking about the cold showers and yeah. almost crying. Was it on that podcast? Was I there? I think no. I was there. Well, I heard some, something about it. Anyways. Right, yeah, well, it's, it's weird because... I've looked more into it and I was getting tingles into my body where I played the music, that one. No, no, yeah, you weren't on that one. No, no. Well, I, was, I think you probably heard it though. And getting tingles in my body because of this breathing, these breathing exercises. And do you, do you know that your <laughs> body, I never knew it, for some reason, your body produces carbon dioxide. Sure. Right, so when you breathe in, you breathe in oxygen and you breathe out, it's carbon dioxide. So your what, farts get a lot of carbon in them. Yeah, (laughs) they've got gas in them as well and so the tingles in your body is so you've breathed so what do you what you do i'll reverse it so you breathe 40 times getting more oxygen in letting less carbon dioxide out then you hold your breath for two minutes you hold it out and now what happens is the carbon dioxide uh, comes starts to starts getting being created inside your body and that's what creates the tingles and and carbon dioxide is really good for you did you know that? And that's what's supposed to help your brain reset. And, uh, I think in certain amounts, right? Yeah. Yeah, not, that's yeah because that's, it's actually a waste product. That's yeah, why it's, I mean, that's out. the whole thing with global warming. Yeah. Is. Well, so it's not <laughs> good for no, <laughs> no, but it. No, but it is. So I've been doing these breathing exercises in, me, in, me, in bed and, and the fucking grit, as well as the cold showers. And the cold showers is a game changer. If you've not tried these yet, yeah. try these cold showers. Two minutes for, for a morning. For what purpose? Just to wake up or energy? Right. The energy is ridiculous. Yeah. But as well, it's supposed to help burn fat. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the increases uh, blood flow, right? Or yeah. Slow. The hot yeah, it cold, does increase. Yeah. Ten seconds on, ten seconds off. I think mm. it is hot cold, hot cold. About ten times is, is supposed to be really good. Yeah. Uh, fat burn it stimulates your uh, your adipose. Well, you, you you put it hot. You put it cold for twenty seconds until you freezing and then yeah. you put it hot until and like you don't time it until, until your body's warm and boom yeah. straight cold again just a and huge then, metabolism boost and I, I showed my missus I was like feel a shower and she's cold I got in shown off and all that she's like you're fucking crazy and but then you shriveled up like this shriveled up like well I would love to shrivel up that bit look at that <laughs> if you don't know Kev's got a pinky that's as big as it is width wise as it is length wise it's like an average thumb 
he broke it uh, holding the mitts and it's uh, if you're watching on YouTube show them Kev on the camera I was zoomed in there Ernie on Kev's finger yeah look at that yeah Kev's That's pretty normal do you remember knickknacks looks like a oh, knickknack looks like a knickknack yeah. yeah so uh, yeah I really highly recommend cold showers and the other thing that I've been doing as well is I'm on this fasting diet, this what Ryan Munsey gave us. Ryan Munsey, who was on the, the pre previous podcast, absolutely stood, nutritionist, guru. He's given me this this diet to, to stick by. And I've been dieting like all my life since I was like 14 years old. And, and I know how to lose weight and I know how to do it. But things have changed, times have changed from stop. What I used to do was don't eat carbs after lunch and that sort of thing. But now I'm being told off Munsey and... Glenn about eating fat and just eating in the window between uh, 12 and 8, having a 16 hour fast where you don't eat from 8pm till 12 the next day and I've been doing that, do you know much about that? Yeah, it's in that book uh, talks about it, um, it's called Effortless Healing and uh, he talks about it, I mean it just talks, it's, he, he kind of references how our ancestors ate and that, you know, you, not four hours after you wake up and four hours before you go to bed, don't eat within those times, but essentially leaves you an eight hour window to eat. And that's just kind of how we right. evolved and what our ancestors were yeah. kind of evolved on. I've been doing that and it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's great, but it, do, it doesn't make sense. On an evening, I'm having sweet potatoes with butter on. Yeah. And it's like, this, this surely cannot lose weight. I haven't lost any weight yet. I've only been doing it for four days. You'll, you'll notice coming out of the fast like you feel like really light. I, that's how I feel. I feel really light all the time. I never feel like heavy, like I've got food in me all the time. Right. I mean, I, I never typically feel like that anyway because I don't eat a lot of heavy foods or big meals or anything. I try and keep it pretty small and consistent. But since I, I started doing this, coming out of the fast, I just feel like so light and like just wired with energy. It's what do you mean feel, feel light? Like on your like in your feet? Or like, what do you just mean? Like, like, it's hard to describe. Just, you know, like if... I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but if you don't eat, yeah, you know, and you wake up starving, yeah, and you, you know, first thing in the day, you feel light, right? You feel light. yeah. I think I know what you mean. Like where you eat, when you get eat loads and you're stuffed, yeah, and you're like oh, heavy. But when you don't, yeah, yeah. So, so I'll, I'll 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 wake up and and I'm fasted and I won't eat until twelve one o'clock. Now I'll just rely on caffeine and and uh, some coconut oil fats to fuel me through that. That fast. You don't ever feel like you have mind. a super low blood sugar. You get that no. real shaky feeling. No, feel not great. At all. I feel wrecked the other night, the other morning. But I, I've been having them, uh, the magnesium tablets, which the mag kills us. I was really hesitant about trying it because when we had the mind, when we did the podcast with Mind Pump, we were talking about this, and I said I'm I'm far too active and burning too many calories to even contemplate fasting. I need the calories and the fuel, and. Yeah. I, I tried to gradually work my way into it, and I'm pretty consistent with it now, and it's, I feel, feel really good. I, I don't feel like I need food in the morning at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so other than that, we just got our results for me and 23. 23 and me, yeah. 23 and me. Uh -huh. You both did. Yeah. yeah, and we paid like $350 each. And I'll tell you what I found out. I found out that I'm... 99.9% European. I bet I you didn't know that, that already. <laughs> Fuck me. I was like, what? And you know what else it said? Um, it's very likely, it's very, very likely that, that I've got dark hair and brown eyes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it said? <laughs> <laughs> that's like, hilarious. What? 
Did you, did you pay good money to, to find this out as well? How yeah, much was 350 it? a piece. I kind of think the, the whole spit thing is a bit of a gimmick. I think they just maybe researched your name or something. Like, yeah. right. where they just spit in this bottle so you feel like you're doing something. But yeah. And then you send it off. Look they, at your family name. They just and, Google you yeah. and then send you the results. Just run you through <laughs> ancestry. Well, the results would have been better if the Googlers. Oh, good point. Yeah, they you would have seen you, wouldn't they? I, I've got, I've got blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> Mine was pretty accurate. They, what I thought was funny was I, I'm in the 95th percentile of, of humans with Neanderthal traits. So it's like more likely to have hair on my back and like, oh really <laughs> like a big nose I don't know some, some, some funny shit so it's true Kev's in the Neanderthal and I'm 2% Italian which I did not know any but, British in you uh, I'm Irish and German and uh, Irish Irish, Irish and German, German and, and 2% Italian and apparently I'm in, a Neanderthal as well I guess <laughs> <laughs> Mad. that's a good combination yeah. So, so would you recommend Twenty Three and Me? I mean, if you don't know anything about your ancestry, then then sure. But I mean, the only thing I was really uh, super like, I guess, surprised about was that finding out that I have two percent Italian. But what does that mean? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, what it's I, funny. What, I, what I want to know is like that's all physical and genetic makeup stuff. Yeah. I want to know what my ancestors did and where they lived and. All that kind of stuff. Living. Yeah, that like kind of family <laughs> tree. Like, good look, fine. I know how far my family goes back and all that kind yeah. of stuff. I th I, the the most that I know about my family name is that it was originated around, I think, the 11th century, something like that. Like 10 something was the first known family with my name. Huh. Were you really Sherlock? Yeah, he's my dad. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> my dad. <laughs> uh, so, moving on, we've got some. A few things about what we want to talk about, about the hardest thing about owning a business. As I said earlier on, uh, me and Kevin are owners of Box and Burn, which is California's number one gym. Fitness facility, one in Santa Monica, one in Brentwood. We've got 48 employees now. Glenn is a part owner of the Box and Burn Academy as well, uh, which is just starting to grow as well. Uh, so what you got, Kev, on this list for some of the hardest things of being a business owner? The list? You want to just start with one? Start, start with, with one, yeah, yeah, start with one. Uh, the hardest, or one of the hardest things, I think, and we've gotten better at, obviously, but is hiring. Right. Recruiting recruiting talent and hiring and um, hiring the right the right talent, the right people. Yeah, yeah. Hiring, it's it's a huge, huge thing. When when we started, the hiring process was, have you done boxing before? Have you boxed <laughs> before? Yeah. Sound. Yeah. All right. And that was it. They were hired. <laughs> and... Pff, Boy, did we learn fast. Yeah. Boy, did we learn fast. Do you, know, do you know what I think a crucial part of the hiring process is, and, and now we've, we've got this trainer development system, it kind of helps, is time. It is time, you, yeah. Because you, with a, an interview and a, a week of seeing somebody, you know, it's, it's hard to do it short and be like, okay, you're hired. It's like right. mm -hmm. being able to take the time to see them over weeks and months Mm -hmm. And then see if they're ready to be hired is is yeah. is unbelievable, and and that's that's not a, a privilege that a lot of yeah. businesses can can have. They've yeah. kind of got to go off instinct a lot of the time, and yeah. it's trial and error. Well, the value in the time is that over time, things are exposed, whether good or bad. Yeah, you know, if they're if they're actually committed, you know, are they coming to the workshops? Are they coming to the development um, workshops? And are they practicing? Are they learning? Are they committed to doing things outside of those workshops or are they only using those 
two workshops a week to, and that just by using that time, you can really get to know somebody and their and their work habits and you know how much how much how committed are they how much pride do they have in the work how committed are they to learning and developing and how, how into working for box and burn are they really yeah um, and and that really exposes itself even in just a matter of two or three weeks you can see a are lot there of any that. other um, fitness industry businesses that you know of that do that that hire over a period of time well I think. Maybe not hiring over a period of time. I mean, just I about every company well, has a sense of. We got the idea off the guy down, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, Aaron. But yeah, he well, he, well, he. It's more of like a development. I think yeah, that's very much what he does. But like, I think he kind of knows when they start that development program that they're going to be guys that are going to make it through. But right. but other companies and other industries, I think it's it's very much of like you hire people people at an entry level. And then people grow within yeah. within. And when you're in an entry level position, you don't have a lot of impact or influence. I mean, you do in a sense, but like at the entry level position, if you if you perform well and you show a high level commitment and, and sense of, um, of pride in your work, then you'll progress up the company ladder. Um, and that, in a sense, is you know promoting within and and, and developing. But uh, you know, we've kind of taken it to an extreme where we you know. In two weeks, we may see if someone's going to be a good fit, or it may even be two months. But yeah. it just really depends. So, remind we get resumes with people with when they post pictures on there, yeah. and I prefer that. I do when the when you've got a picture on them. We got this one guy in. We were away, Kev, and it was me and Stephen who was interviewing him. This was about two and a half year ago, and he and he came in to work on the boxing gym to teach classes. He was about. 60 years old, he was he was about four foot eleven, maybe five foot tall. Tash, glasses, could hardly see where he was going, water on the gym. <laughs> and he and he come and sat down on me and stay looked at each like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he went, hey, hey boys, uh, yeah, I used to do martial arts back in the day. I went, all right, uh, so, sorry, Steve, I've got to go on there. And I just left Steve in there. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew which That's really a Tony move. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, Steve, I've just got to see Susie up there. Anyway, all right, so I left him. But, like, I mean, if we got the picture first, I mean, you're not, you're not supposed to see that, are you? You're not supposed to judge, judge a book by its cover, but, you know. No, I mean, I, look, the, this, the fitness industry is a little bit different. If you're hiring someone to come in and be a manager that – it's no physical requirements are, are necessary. You know, it's a little bit different. But if you're coming, I mean, you have to have you have to be fit. You have to have some sort of physical stature and presence and, and ability to, to do this job. So it makes but, a little bit of sense. Yeah. yeah, there was one guy that came in before. He, we never he never sent a resume, and he just came in looking for a job in Brentwood when we first opened. A big, a big guy, a big guy, a big African American guy, and he said he he was about sixty years old as well, and he said he's just getting out of jail, he'd done a 40 stretch. Can you remember him? Uh, I wasn't there, but you told me all about he'd it. He'd done a 40 stretch for murder. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I was like, uh, uh, I'll yeah, let you know, I'm here. It's like, one of them things, obviously you can't work here, yeah. but obviously I don't want to tell you that right now. You might just fucking slip me through it. What about like that uh, UFC guy that applied, I think, two or three times with his card, that one, what is it, one glove or whatever he's called, for UFC one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was in the first UFC. Yeah, he, he applied twice, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. We we got. Did you actually interview that guy? We never. No. We got a, a gladiator as well. Someone Kev had the hots for back in the day. Come on, man. I can't remember her name. I can't remember his name. Uh, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, they sent the pictures and all that. But uh, like, like we, like we know, it doesn't matter what you've done in the, as well. What you've done, you might have been a world class boxer, you might be a world class athlete. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you're a good fit for for this in for for this position in boxing burn or yeah. any position. It doesn't matter what they've done, what the accolades are. Yeah. yeah. You would think it would help. Yeah, I think with hiring in itself is. You, what is it you have to you have to be able to trust your gut trust your instinct but like at the same time it's like well i want to give these people like there's some things about this person that could be great but it's like and generally in the in the long run even if if we let someone come into development and we had some gut instinct about it generally tends to be correct but there are there have been times where we've been off so when you take us both on both sides too you right, can sure. think someone's going to be really good and they yeah. turn out oh, yeah. shit. And then yeah. you th- and like, remember in the past, you've been like, oh, we're going to hire someone. they like, no. And then they turn out to be really good. Yeah. What we do, what Kev's talking about the development, uh, is before before we hire someone, before we interview someone, we make them come and try the classes out. And, and then they've got to t- send us a letter telling us how good the classes were and how they can be a benefit for the business. And then, and then we decide, are we going to interview them? Then we interview them. And then if the interview's good then we put them on the development program and that's where kev will work with them over a period of time to see if they're a good fit and we've had people where they've gotten to the interview stage and they've been like oh no it's mm-hmm. not going to be fit let's try them in the development but then yeah. we've tried them in the development and then they've been oh surprisingly good sure and then the yeah. other way around where where they've been the interview like oh this person's the best we'll just get we'll just give them a job right now yeah we'll just give them a job right now and then we'll get them in the development like wow these are absolutely useless. No yeah. way can these work for this company. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, f- so what we're talking about here is hiring is a hard, a hard thing. Very difficult. I mean, there's a lot of tips and, and, you know, books and videos to watch out there, but, you know, nothing really replaces doing it and practicing it and, and learning from your mistakes. And it's, it's a very difficult thing, though. I think if you are going to look for a job, uh, know about the company. That's, that's yeah. when we ask people, we always ask people, what do you know about boxing burn? And if they're like, eh, you teach boxing, yeah, it's a, it's a, I heard it's a good gym. If if that's the answer, it's like, obviously you haven't done your research. Obviously yeah. you've just, I don't know, you've walked through the gym and you've seen it's a boxing fitness gym. Mm-hmm. But you should really know about about the gym and maybe where where it's going to go, what, what the goals are for it, know about the the other other sides of the gym. And it's it's interesting when you said about you, you could have people coming in with great accolades, but they're not a right. They're not the right fit for the business. Sure. That's what happened to you when you first came out here, right? Yeah. And you applied for a job at Equinox or 24-Hour Fitness or wherever it was, just walking in thinking like, oh, Olympian, like they're going to hire me as a trainer. I've got these qualifications, right. personal training. And- well, the thing is, I didn't walk in thinking that because it was my first ever in my life job interview. I walked in, I put a shirt on. Yeah. I, I was I was nervous, really nervous. And there was a, did I tell you a story? There's a, there's a guy there sitting and he sat with his feet up on the desk like this, with his arm behind me head. All right, tell us a bit about you. And I was like, uh, well, I've I said whatever. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a certified personal trainer. I've been to the Olympic Games and uh, I won an Olympic medal. I've got me medal here if you want to see it. He's like, nah. And then <laughs> that moment I was like, shit, in America, Olympics mean nothing. Yeah. And he just wasn't impressed. And I, I was like, oh, well, I would love to start a boxing program in in this gym and all that. I went, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, after that, I never heard from him for two weeks and I sent him an email saying, uh, hey, mate, I never heard from you. He went, oh, we'll give someone 
as the job who's uh, who's better qualified. I was like, whoa, like like a punch in the fucking face. Yeah. That. And I emailed them back. Like, but but you you said your medal doesn't like mean anything in America or whatever. But it's not that. It right. doesn't mean anything to him. And yeah. that and that business. Right, that's right, right. The, that's yeah, the yeah, point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could you could probably go to maybe an independent gym. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh holy shit, yeah, we'll which, bring which you I in. did, and that's what I met Kev. Th- you know what I mean? But but like in, to him for that specific business, yeah, it's but, it's like but when, I, mean but, when shit. I, but when I say when I but it should though. Oh, it definitely. Should. If someone I, comes it in there, definitely here, should. But it, 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 in it reality, do, it doesn't. But what we're seeing is, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be good at your job. But if someone came with an application with us and said they've been, they've been to the Olympics, we'd be like, "Fuck, yeah, this is awesome. This oh, is great." Yeah. And then we will try them out, and then it might not work. It right. might work. Uh, but he was just an asshole, and I emailed him two years later after we got named Calavon, you know, one gym. Yeah. Oh, hey, mate, remember that time? Remember that oh, time? Did? Oh, you emailed I, him. I emailed him. <laughs> it's on my mind. He made, remember that time when you wouldn't let us show? Did he email you look back? No, he never emailed us back. Class. It's like, look at this now, mate. Yes. Knob. Quality. <laughs> uh, so what else you got in there, Kev? Uh, I guess on the flip side of that, I think a, a very d- difficult thing uh, is, is firing people, firing employees. I think it's very tough, especially in a, a business like what we have, where right. we develop a personal relationship with everyone of the people that comes to work for us. I think that can be a very, very tricky and, and tough thing to navigate. It is. Um, and uh, the, the build-up to firing someone as well and letting someone go, because like you see, you build that relationship with them. They're, they're not just where we've got it here. They're not just a friend. Right. They're not, they're not, sorry, not just an employee. They're a friend and, and you know, the family's names and, and the personal life and all that. But when they're not cutting it, it's like, and we've got to really fire them. I mean, it, for, for us to let someone go, I feel like we hold on until mm-hmm. they can't push us anymore, yeah. which is, I think, kind of our downfall by what we've heard before. Yeah, you know? it definitely can be. I mean, we've had we've given people chances before, and they've they've turned around, but generally speaking, they also haven't. You know, I think more so than not. Like again, it comes down to trusting your instinct and trusting your gut. We're you know we're nice guys. We don't want to we don't want to wreck people's lives or you know fire people, but uh, you know so you just. You have to trust your instinct at times, yeah. and even though it may be harder in the short run, um, because you're out, you're out of a man. Even if they're a great trainer and they're a big part of your program, if they do something wrong, then uh, you know you have to you have to cut them for it. Yeah, I hear and, firing people yeah. like when you, when you I get nervous all day long, yeah. and I start feeling I, sick, and it's yeah. you do. Something that helps me, the mindset that I have, and and we've talked about it a little bit before, is just. You know, because you do have that personal relationship with somebody, and if they keep messing up, they keep doing the wrong thing, at the end of the day, you're doing them a disservice by allowing them to continue to get away with those things, and it's not right. going to help them in the long run. Like, it might be easier to say, okay, well, we'll keep them, we'll allow them to keep, you know, messing up, but in reality, if you really care about that person's well-being and about their 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 future as in professional careers, then, you know, you won't. Let, it's almost like you have to discipline like a, a child. Like, you can't. You know, it's not it's not necessarily that you're you're um, grounding somebody, but you know they'll be fine. They'll figure it out. They'll they'll find another job. But you, if you allow someone to continue to, to to practice bad professional and work habits, then you know they'll never they'll never change. And if yeah. you care about them as a person, then uh, you know you'll you'll make sure that you do what you can to help them. Yeah, Sometimes see, that's letting them go. Yeah. See, that's how mine and Kev's minds are a bit different. He's, that's <laughs> right. Where where for me it gets to the point where. I don't care about them because if, if if we've got to fire them, I'm like, fuck. We'll give you the opportunity. We'll give you all this, the, the chances. You keep fucking up. We'll give you a chance. I'm like, 
I'm like you're more you get unfriend way more Facebook. personally invest, invested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I unfriend them, unfollow them, and all that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's, it can be very tricky, na- t- tough to navigate, especially in a, a smaller boutique business like ours, because you have that relationship with right. them. But everyone Kev's ever fired is still his friend on Facebook, and all those same people you're blocked. I don't know pages. That's the way it is. Good chance. <laughs> Fuck them. Look, look, it's nothing personal. It's it is business. business I think business, yeah, business. exactly. I was I'm still say friends that. with them. I, I still love them. I still want them to do well. Yeah. Uh, because you know, in reality, they they did a lot for us at, at one point or another. I think I think people will understand that over time too. That it's yeah. it, it's purely a business decision, yeah. not yeah. a personal yeah. decision. It's like it's like uh, splitting up with the, with the with the, a partner, or a girlfriend, or a boyfriend. Like you have to. It's business. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's totally business. <laughs> like if they've cheated on you, fuck that. I don't want to talk to them again. Or, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. or if someone's yeah. cheated us, where they've tried to take money or take advantage, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it all comes down to the the reasons why. Yeah. Sure. Too. Sure. Uh, one thing I think, I guess this will be our third thing. I think it's very, very tough, and we've talked about it a few times. And just employee morale and and, and motivation as a whole, and, and that that question: Can you motivate somebody, mm. or are they just intrinsic? You're either intrinsically motivated or you're not. Yeah. And if you know, keeping and maintaining a high level of employee morale through through the company, especially in a, a business like what we have, it's so physically demanding. It can really wear you out. Um, you know how do you how do you find that 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 um, platform to keep them happy and to keep them yeah. upbeat and excited and that, about what they're doing? That's what I've got on my my list as well. Is from number one is dealing with people like leadership, mm-hmm. and that's where I think that comes down to the leadership. How can you as a leader get the best out of that individual? And that's like one of the hardest things because you've to do that you've got to really know about the individual what their strengths are what they want what the goals are mm-hmm. you've got to know so much about them I think you've got to understand that not everybody is going to be a 10 out of 10 yeah you're going to have you're going to have people who are a 6 or a 7 but they're not going to be amazing at everything but if well, you no if, one's if, a 10 out of 10 apart from me and Kev <laughs> alright no no, I'm, no I'm, I mean I mean that you're a 9 yeah. but you don't care about box and burn the weird meaning. You you love it and it's your yeah. life and you obviously you're full. it's everything. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. But like my point my point is that like if someone's like really good at one thing, you need someone to be good at five different things, right? And they're right. They're, they're amazing at one thing and pretty shit at four of the others. Just maximize the shit out of that one thing that they're really yeah. good at. Mm-hmm. And and that takes a lot of skill in itself is to to recognize that they're really good at one thing but they might not be great at all. Yeah. But then you might have the next guy come in and he's he's amazing at all of them, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah. like there's different levels and abilities to it all, yeah. but it's about using people to their strengths. And that's that's a great point, uh, I think, Glenn. But too, so so you do have you've got a few people that are really great at one thing, and then you've got a few people that are great at everything. Now you have to. The person that's only good at one thing, they're probably pretty easy to keep happy. The people that are good at everything, they're committed to the company, but then like, how do you prevent yeah. them from feeling like, well, I'm doing a lot more than that other person is, and, and, yeah. and so I deserve yeah. more. And, and they do, really. Yeah. Yeah. But like, how do you... It doesn't always necessarily even have to be monetarily more benefit, you, but I, like, that, that balancing that dynamic it can be tough. I always kind of relate the, the model we've got here and the, the things we're talking about now to, to sports teams. It's very sure. similar. Like you yeah. got like a team of people managing a team of people, role players, and yeah. you get like that standout player who's got on the highest salary and all that, 
and they outgrows the club almost, right? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, I want to go to a better club. You know, it's, it's kind of, like you said, how do you keep them inspired and motivated even yeah. though they know they're doing really well? It's like, well, yeah. I'm doing this well here. I could do better somewhere else. I could do it better myself or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's keeping them motivated within your organization. Mm -hmm. Committed, yeah. Yeah, committed, yeah. Yeah, and like like what what else you said before, but about finding that's the thing that we're just trying to get around now. I think Kev about is trying to find out what people can do the best. And mm -hmm. like at one point we had Glenn managing the, the gym where you were on the front desk where you were signing people in mm -hmm. and you were trying to lead a class at the do same absolutely time, everything. answer the phone, yeah, schedules, you know? yeah. yeah, wash my car and all that. <laughs> <laughs> get some McDonald's for your kids. <laughs> uh, so. But but now it's like yeah, what is it? Do what you do best and hire for the rest and get yeah. people for for that point and mm -hmm. for that part. Uh, so I think yeah, managing people, personalities is massive. It's leadership. It's huge, and I, so we're still not experts at it. And we're still learning all the time. Sure. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think there's ever a point in time when you're in a, a manager or uh, an ownership role where you're going to stop learning. Like, like it's, you're, you're always going to be learning new things. And yeah. you, you may w do one thing, you may do one thing one way this year, and then five years down the road, you're like, wow, what the fuck was I doing? There's no way I was doing that the right way. You know, right. you're, you're always going to be evolving and learning uh, because it, you're always dealing with different people and different personalities. And, and, you know, how do you mesh those personalities again to get the best result? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can mold those people together. Um, the, the the good thing now, I feel like we're at a good point. We've got a good group of staff, I think. And mm -hmm. you know, with the training development system, we're getting to see like who's who's coming up and who's going to be like kind of the next phase of it all. You know, yeah. there's like that that future vision with the training development system. Now it's good. Uh, and there's, there's so there's so much that goes in in there, like like the category leadership it's like because you've got to make checks out is this is this person coming on time is he wearing the right clothes is he doing the right job is he is he doing this is he playing the right music like in this industry in, in this business anyway so there's so much to even that just one one thing you know mm -hmm. yeah there's so so many different ways. absolutely and i think what we were talking about earlier and not only do we want to identify like what what's tough about running a business but how do you how do you make that better and i think again you might have you might have an all-star who can do every little part of running a class and you might have someone that can only do one or two parts of the class and they might be getting paid the same. Well, how do you make that person that's doing all the jobs feel like they're being uh, appreciated? Right. And I think just, just recognition, it goes a long ways um, because if you, if you let the person know that, look, I see what you're doing and I appreciate it and, you know, we, we value you as, as an employee, as a trainer, then, you know, that goes a long way just for their morale in itself. And it, whether it's writing them a letter or sending them a text or patting them on the back at the end of a class or, you know, that, that, that I've found and I've had to get better at it and continue to get better at it. But that, I think that really, really goes a long way. Yeah. And another reason why it's hard is because we're so big as well and, and we mm -hmm. don't see people all the time. Yeah, it might yeah. be a week before we, uh, until we see another employee again. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, it, it's tough to get around everyone and see everyone and, and, and check up on them, yeah. you know, but we really need to do it. Sure. Um, so along the same lines, I think uh, communication just and, and having complete transparency is, is a really important thing, but it's also a very difficult thing because yeah. your employees don't aren't always going to think from your perspective. And so how do you communicate to them 
in a way. Like, they don't necessarily need to think about their actions from your perspective, but there's creative ways to, I think, communicate to them to make them understand that, you know, the way they, they act or the way that they perform affects the business as a whole in particular ways. And that, you know, for example, if you have someone in a leadership position that is, is kind of goofing off and not, you know, or, or kind of comes in with a bad attitude, you know, one day out of a week, but they're consistently coming in, like even if it's just one day a week where they're just in a bad frame of mind, how do you communicate to them that, look, you can't, you got to be able to get past that because you're, you're what you're doing is um, allowing the people under you to see the, these habits and then they're going to want to, you know, think that it's okay to, to do that. And so yeah, they I think set that the example 100% of the time. What's that? Does anyone in a leadership uh, spot has to set that example 100% of the time? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, it's, it's hard as us being the leaders to help create other leaders. And that's another hard thing. Like, mm-hmm. like creating leaders yeah. is hard because. We we still figuring this shit out ourselves. That a, a true leader creates more leaders, not followers, right? Well, that, I, I think that's like a, a, that's a good one. A, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a great one. Yeah. This, uh, so creating that leader and then and then learning about that leader's personality to tell them, like, listen, mate, you kind of this kind of this kind of fucking keep happening. Yeah. If you tell them like I've just said there, yeah, they might be sensitive and that might do the editing. You might have to talk them around it and find out the core of it, what's really happening. If, or their personality might be where if you try to find out what's happening, they think, you no, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. You might need to shut them. Listen, mate, you need it's to fucking sort this shit out. Personal so, skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone, everyone uh, reacts different. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's a tough one. Yeah, you, have, it's, you might communicate to one person entirely different than you communicate to another. It's just knowing those people and, and, and being uh, able to mold and... and um, communicate to that person differently. Yeah, that's that's like, a very tough thing to do. But Like, for example, if my car's parked outside, you'll be like, you fucking mong, why you f- move your <laughs> fucking car right now? <laughs> right? Whereas if you te- text that to a lad who's been here a week, he's, got, he's gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's so destroyed, I, I he's know, crying I'm, in his car. I know, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know I can speak to you like that. Yeah. You know, but like to, to anyone else, like to, to Stephen, I couldn't. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Star Wars or some shit. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's a, a difficult one. You got yeah. another one there? Uh, and you do a lot better with this one than I do, but I think one of the hardest things is, as a business owner and someone that's responsible for everything that goes on within that business, is, is just customer service in general. I think that can be such a tricky thing because sometimes. Again, I'm a nice person, but if someone complains about something and it's just unrealistic, I, I just want to tell them, like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, like, yeah. Right. Get the fuck out. Especially like, but in you this city. you cannot do that. You we can't. have so many entitled people in this city. Yeah. Like the, the amount of customer service that's required is above and beyond anywhere else, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. You know, because people are spoiled. Like, L.A., I think, when we, when we travel and we come back, we realize how good we've got it. Most of the businesses here do well because of customer service. And I always feel like when I come back, I'm like, restaurants, wherever, coffee shops, whatever it is, I'm like, car washes. Customer service is amazing in this city, Mm. everywhere. So people kind of get spoiled a little bit. And then if something doesn't quite go their way with with a membership or the way they were talked to or whatever, even though it might be fine, Mm -hmm. they're used to that above and beyond approach. And if they don't get that, they're like, well, and it's like like you said, it's, it's like an illogical grievance that they have and you've still got to like deal with that but they well. should like, get that so difficult they should get it oh that's I, the yeah, thing. I agree with everyone you, yeah. should get this yeah. a star 
customer service. Oh, definitely. For, for but everybody. you'll get something like, oh, I, I, I walked into the gym and um, I don't know, he, he said hello in like a bad mood. Like, can I get my membership money back? You know, like yeah. well, something is ridiculous. No, I'm, I'm not saying that that happens, but that, I, that kind of level of like entitlement and yeah. you've, got to, you've got to rise above your frustrations and be like, not a problem at all. Yeah, of course you can't. Like, you know what I mean? And then, right. and then they're going to be like, oh, wow, they, they look at it. Then yeah. they're back on them. You know yeah. what I mean? But I think a lot of people as well out there kind of milk that and try and use it to yeah. their advantage to get free shit. And to well, get, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, all that. Well, that's the thing. Everybody, especially in a city like this, everyone, everyone's a negotiator. They think mm -hmm. everything's negotiable. Like, right. well, is there any special? If they make one complaint, they think... Well, if I, if I go on Yelp and I, I write a battery, not giving anybody any ideas, but like, that's, that's the, that's the, <laughs> if you go on there, like, the, their their frame of mind is, well, I don't necessarily have anything to complain about, but maybe if I do complain, I'll get some freebies out of it, and that yeah. that mindset to me, because I I would never do that unless somebody really fucks up, yeah, some, like in, with, but like I would never be of the mind of like, well, if I just complain, maybe I'll get it for free, right? Like generally, even like if I go to a restaurant, and I get bad service, I'm probably still going to tip twenty percent just because yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, maybe You're they a had a bad person. day, but like. <laughs> Most, a lot, well, I won't say most people, but a lot of people just have that have that mindset that, well, watch, I'll just go in there and complain and, re and want to return something. Yeah, yeah. I'll get something free out of it, and that that mindset is something that's very difficult for me to. But then you have to be careful with it because if you try to not necessarily put someone in place, but like, you know, you 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 try to work and navigate around a situation, but then you come to find out, like, well, they were actually right. Something did get fucked up. Then you're like, oh, shit. You know, yeah, yeah. you look bad. So it's it's really tricky thing. It's interesting you mentioned Yelp, too, because I think when Yelp first started a few years ago, there was so much emphasis on it from a business owner standpoint, right? Like, mm -hmm. Yelp is everything. You cannot have a negative review on there. You know, it puts so much power in consumers' hands. Yeah. They were like, "Well, give me this, or else I'm going to go to Yelp, or mm -hmm. they'll go on Yelp anyway." Yeah. Use it as leverage, and then and yeah, exactly, just totally leverage it. And then now I think now that Yelp's established itself and it's been around for a while, I think, and it's got a lot more users. People are wiser to what's real and what isn't real on Yelp, and they'll see like legitimate negative reviews and negative reviews that are just from like bitter, disgruntled, you mm -hmm. know, kind of out there people. Yeah. I think people can filter through. A lot better now, so it's not quite yeah. as powerful. The as thing about, I mean, we live in a consumer society, so I guess it, it should be this way. But the thing about reviews is, you know, when I go on Amazon to buy a product, I don't click. You know, you can click, click, see all the five stars, see all the the one star. Yeah. I don't click on the five star. I click on all the one stars just to see what those are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's a that's a scary thing. Yeah, I, I do that. I do that. But what what the people see, the experts see, is click on the three stars or four stars because yeah. them is more legitimate. The right. five stars. It's people's friends. If it's if it's not got many reviews, people's friends or, or, or the company and all that. Yeah. But the, the four stars and the three stars, them the, them's the real reviews mm -hmm. to read. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's funny. It's funny. If you just remind us that you said that you wouldn't tip it, you would still tip it if you if there was a bad service. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, and I didn't. I went to a restaurant uh, a few months ago with my missus, and the the meal company like uh, I can't remember, but the tip should have been like forty dollar tip. And instead of giving the forty dollar tip, we give we give a twenty dollar tip, and, I said, and we said let's let's give the other twenty dollars to uh, we're going McDonald's and buy all the homeless some burgers. Yeah. So we did this. We drove to McDonald's, went for the drive-through, bought twenty burgers, it was like a dollar a piece. And then we drove around Santa Monica, give them the free burgers out. Yeah. Mate, I could not believe how <laughs> many homeless people, <laughs> how many homeless people said no, I'm good. Oh, they refused. They refused them. When you are new, I'm so excited to give these to, to make these people's day. He's a burger for you, mate. No, I'm good. 
What? <laughs> Driving around, couldn't give them away. Santa Monica homeless people, though, have got iPhones. Though, yeah, you know. That's true. <laughs> I went I went to one person, I was just about to pull up, and someone went, went by with like a, a, a tender greens bag full of food and give them that. I'm like, no, the one that don't want to buy McDonald's. Get yeah, him, yeah. get him, get him, get him. The McDonald's makes some shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like fuck your burger. Man. I know. So yeah. I wouldn't tip, but, uh, but yeah, customers. I mean, uh, but you gotta have, you have to have the, the mindset with customer services. The customer's always right. I think it's important, but it can be a really challenging thing, especially Definitely. when you, when people, people have a sense of safety when they can email or they can write something online rather than face to face. They get this false sense of like security, so they can say a lot more things in an email than they would probably say. And so it's hard not to respond in that. Yeah, way. yeah. and as well with the email, it's hard to get the. Like with the, the text, tone of the, the tone of the yeah, yeah exactly yeah, the tone. Yeah. Uh, but if you speak to someone on the phone, like I've spoke to some complaints that we had on the, on the phone, and they've been a bit a bit angry, and then as soon as you like calm them down, and and they're great, you know. I mean, yeah. for, for like you said at the start, like custom service for me, it's something I enjoy. I like talking to people. I, mm -hmm. If someone comes in with a complaint, I I love to like there was one girl when we changed the price up. Uh, I've I've had three meetings with her now because she's refused to pay. She's been with us since day one. And she, as soon as I told her, I'm not paying that, I'm gone somewhere else. I'm like, all right, sound. I'll, I'll talk to you and I'll talk to her and I'll explain it to her. And then again, next week I said, are you, you going to buy the new membership? Nah, I'm not doing that. So all right, all right. Anyway, support her again. Just <laughs> last week she just signed up for the for the new price membership, you know. So What was uh, the, the stumbling block? The price. Oh, okay. She does privates as well. Right. So the stumbling points are the price and the the fact that we we put we're putting the price up on loyal customers. You know. Yeah. But yeah. Just those those are those tough decisions that you have to to make to grow. Yeah. Know? Definitely. Sure. Got any more there? Uh, yeah. I think, and this I think this is just, and this it's it's a tough thing as a business owner, but it's also a tough thing just as a person person in general, but. You're, not every decision you make as a business owner or as a leader is, is ever going to is always going to be the right decision or the right you know path to take. But like knowing how to admit when you're wrong and and fixing it, I think that have could you got be, examples? No, put me <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> no, but like you said I, you're a ten. You're a ten, right? So there's no yeah, there's no examples. Perfect. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I mean, look, there's. It's a, it's a, it's just a tough thing. I mean, it's, it's a very tough thing, and, and there's lots of times where it's happened, and you know, maybe, maybe we don't always choose to admit that we're wrong, but that, that's something that I think we'll always get better at, and, and continue to try to get better at. But I think that's a very tough thing, just in, in relationships in general, right? Not yeah. even necessarily as a, as a business owner. Yeah, the hard, one of the hardest things for me is, is a business owner is my business partner which is Kevin. So I knew you were coming up. <laughs> we, we have disagreements. We, we've got different thoughts and different methods of, of, uh, of doing things. And, and, and sometimes we've got different visions of how things will turn out if we do it this way or do it this way. And we, we do, like man and wife, I'll go back and forth about, <laughs> about shit and stress, stress, out, stress each other out, uh, stress ourselves out. You know? and, uh, so if you've got a business partner, and I've spoken with business partners before, and it's what... What happens in business with your business partner if you're successful? You know, if you, if you, if you, I, f I feel like business owners who's on the same page all the time is, is kind of unsuccessful. Like, it's not realistic. It's, it's not realistic. No. You know, you need different views and you need different ideas yeah. to, to get to, as long, as long as 
you both understand that you're going in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. As long as you got that common goal. You want the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of going back to communication. It's very much communication. If you if you talk things through, you're going to come to a common you know some yeah. common ground and you know you may be you know we you could definitely we can all be stubborn at times but it's like again just talking things through and sharing viewpoints and perspectives and you know a lot of times you can talk yourself through it and, and you know you end up saying sorry look we love you and you know I, I wasn't trying to be a dick or I wasn't trying to be an asshole yeah. I wasn't trying to be stubborn I just wanted you know we, at the end of the day, you, you want the same thing. And it's on, it's on there, what you said, you want it. it's communication. Yeah. Communication, be 100% transparent and, mm-hmm. and, and talk. And uh, and with our partnership, even with Kit Glenn, with the, with the academy, the number one thing, I think, is trust. Mm-hmm. You know, like 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 I trust you to 100%. And, and you know, my, my biggest thing is with with people in life is, is yeah. trust. I didn't trust anyone, but yeah. I, I trust these two boys here. And I think, I think it's very important that you, that you trust them, uh, which, which, which you do. And then, then the communication on top of that. So you've got to communicate. So me and Kev started to have like kind of weekly meetings or bi-weekly meetings where mm-hmm. we sit down. Like like two days ago, we sat down for, we were there for like three hours in the back room. Mm-hmm. We had both our lists and we went through the lists and we didn't agree on everything that we had on the lists. But we went through and we kind of compromised and we came to a decision. In mm. some things we didn't come to a decision on, we'll get back with them, and, and, and you know. And I think mm. that's what you need. And mm-hmm. what what they say is the the most awkward conversations that you can have is the best conversations. You get yeah. the most out of them, yeah. you know, because yeah. you, you need to have them awkward conversations. If it's if it's with me and you, Kev, or, or we've got to tell, if we've got to fire someone, or we've yeah. got or we've got to we've got to tell someone. Who thinks they're doing a great job and they're, and they're happy with the performance? That they're actually doing shit and the yeah. form's wrong on the exercises mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. I think them them awkward conversations is, is definitely the best and the most yeah. beneficial. Yeah, yeah like you just gotta lay it out. Gonna be from the, the beginning, end. like, look, I'm coming from a good place. You know, yeah. whether it's with I said the awkward conversations, like, how much is the tip at the end of the meal? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like for you, it's always like two dollars, isn't it? Yeah, two dollars, two dollars, three dollars. <laughs> you out tipped me last night. Oh, I did. I think that's the first time that's ever happened. And you did it just purely for competition. No, I didn't. Because I tipped first. I filled out my check first. (laughs) And you're like, right, fuck that. I'm going one better. And you put an extra $2 (laughs) on there. No. And uh, we... And as well, it was funny. It was funny we said that because I'm sitting there with Stephen, and I'm telling Stephen and Glenn, and Kev, you 100% agree with me with this, that him and Stephen earn more money than me and you. Right? So, Stephen, so Stephen got pissed off about that, right? Stephen was drunk and he got pissed off. Yeah. He was getting but angry. I've got a funny story that you don't know about. After you left, he sat there and he and he didn't realise that he was on a separate check. <laughs> so his food and his cocktails were all there. And the woman brings him the bill and he got and he's like, this is what pisses me off about Tony. I'm like, I have no respect. <laughs> and he's like, I have no respect for people like that. Like, he's, like, he's getting pissed off. I'm like, what? What? And he goes, he's like, just, just doesn't, doesn't even offer to fucking like pay for anything. It's like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> Children, is that what he said? Yeah, yeah. But he, to, to, to clarify, it, he was, you know, he'd been drinking or whatever, but it was just so funny because I was just watching him because I wasn't, I wasn't drunk and I just sat there watching him. Like just getting devastated that you didn't even offer to pay for his meal. Well, like, the food day, we, we had our meal, we finished, we got our check, yeah. and then he'd come along. And then he came, he came later and ordered his own And then shit. when he ordered his food, I left. Yeah. So he'd had his food, yeah. then he wanted to So me. then when his check came, he was, he was like, 
Fuck, you ain't even paying for it, man. <laughs> Lost <laughs> respect for you. That's Stephen for you. But it's so funny, you know. Uh, so, guys, thank you for listening. Next week, have you got any more on there, Kev? Before... Uh, I've got one more. It's a quick one we could talk about. We kind of touched on it a little bit, if you want. Go on, yeah, let's do it. Well, I think one thing that's really hard for us, because we want things... We want things to be perfect, but like, what is good enough? And you have to make compromises. Not everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. Right. We were talking about this the other day with the, the classes and the quality. And like, you know, when we were doing them all, and with it was you uh, and me and Glenn and Steven and, you know, Jason, those, those guys from day one, like, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but like, clearly, we, I mean, we have more invested in this than, than the trainers do now. Not to say that they're not invested in it, but we really put forth like a, not to say they don't put forth a good effort either but like we we really cared about every little part of class it's pride so, in your work yeah yeah it's pride but like how do you not every not everything with classes is going to be perfect not every trainer in the class is going to have as much invested in, in it as we did when we first started so like yeah. what is good enough and, and at what point do you say it's not good enough yeah, so yeah. like making the compromise and knowing right. like where where to kind of draw that line and where to be happy with someone's performance versus yeah. where to like be really and like the, upset the, about the it. The thing is, you or we'll we'll notice things where we're like, shit, shit, why is this not yeah. happening? Why is that yeah. not happening? And this should be happening and this shouldn't be happening or whatever. And we're like, we analyze it down to a T. Mm -hmm. Whereas in in reality, the members and the paying customers ain't gonna notice yeah. anything that we've noticed. Yeah, but. That's not to say that yeah, what we're right. noticing isn't important because it definitely is. It's, but you've got to have that rea the realistic perspective. At it's the same like a time. quote that I posted on the Boxing Life page the other day, what Kevin Crew said, and I love it. Perfection prevents progression. So if we waiting before the classes are absolutely perfect, mm -hmm. before before we like perfect is in the way we want them, before we move forward in the gym, mm -hmm. we've got yeah. to be waiting forever. Forever, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So if if we if we wait for the perfection. We prevent uh, yeah. progression. And I that, think you have to strive for for perfection, but are yeah. you going to get it? No, no. Yeah. But you have because, to strive for it because that's the whole point. The hardest point I get, or hardest part of moving up and delegating and having people do what you once did, mm -hmm. they're never going to do it exactly right. how you did right. it. Yeah, because you did it because it's your pride and joy and it's your livelihood. Yeah. And then as soon as you start getting to that point where you're passing it off to people who are getting paid mm -hmm. to do it, mm -hmm. even if they're getting paid really well, they're, they're not doing it for the same what reasons you were. What is good enough? Yeah. Like knowing right. what is, like what, what, what is that threshold that is good enough and not good yeah, enough? Yeah. And knowing how to make compromises and understanding that things aren't going to be exactly as you want them to yeah. be always. And back to this quote, uh, perfection prevents progression it's like like the boxing burn academy as well when we started that remember the manuals mm -hmm. Re like re remember when we started like it uh, wasn't perfect we, we we put the course together within mm -hmm. uh six weeks i think it was it wasn't perfect but if we were to try and get every single little thing perfect it would have prevented that progression to, to, to build and to grow to the way it was yeah. same with the gym imagine if we waited until we had two boxing rings and 10 bags and turf flooring and all that before we right. started. It wasn't perfect. Yeah. Nah, yeah. But uh, if we if we waited for that, we would never have got it. It's that learning on the job process. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're always going to learn on the job to an extent, but there's the other side of it too. Like you, you should strive for perfection and you should yeah. plan. You should strategize things. You, you know, I think that there's a lot of value in that. And yeah. again, there, and there's always more than one way to do things. Mm -hmm. Some, some, 
some philosophies work better for some people and some that are completely different philosophies work for other people. It's, yeah. You've got to know yourself and know what works for you. But, you know, I tend to want to want things to be perfect, but at a certain point you have to understand it and accept that things aren't going to be perfect, but it doesn't mean that they can't be good or good enough. Right. Uh, so I think that's a hard compromise and, and, and it's a very fine line and you have to, it's to navigate and to figure out. It's yeah. really tough. Yeah. Uh, let me leave you with this, everyone who's listening. So this is, this is a Will Smith. Something about the treadmill thing. Will, Will Smith quote on Instagram, I think so. One second. So this is on Instagram. If you follow the Box Life on Instagram, it's on there. Who, who's this? Will Smith. Step before anybody else in the world believes it is you have to believe it. Yeah. Talent you have naturally. Skill is only developed by hours and hours and hours of beating on your craft. Ridiculous. Sickening work ethic. You don't set out to build a wall. You don't say, I'm going to build the biggest, baddest, greatest wall that's ever been built. You say, I'm going to lay this brick yeah. as perfectly as a brick can be laid. Yeah. And you do that every single day. And soon you have a wall. And soon you have a wall. There's a, a redemptive power that making a choice has. You know, rather than feeling like you're at a f effect to all the things that are happening. Make a choice, right? You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. The first step. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's on the Boxing Life Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. At Boxing Life, go up there. So thank you for listening. Um, thank you to my good friend Colin Jackson for this stoned monkey t-shirt, even though I've never smoked dope or pot in my life. Oh, I don't recommend getting stoned. I know you do, Colin. <laughs> I know Kev doesn't mind it now and then. Now and then. Uh, but I'm rocking the shirt, mate, so thanks for that. Uh, anything, boys? No, thanks no, for listening, it, everyone. Yeah. Leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, we're still nearly at... No, 50, yeah, we're still nearly at 50. It doesn't like, seem like anyone wants to train with you. If it was me, I think we would have had about 150 reviews. Yeah, actually, don't leave a review on iTunes because <laughs> then I don't have to train you for free. <laughs> Next week, we've got Holly Randall, the queen of porn. A director, uh, producer, and photographer. Great podcast next week, so tune in for that. If you're not already, subscribe to this on iTunes, and every time we upload an episode, you'll get a notification. Thanks for listening, and see you later. Thanks, guys.